there. Welcome to Primal Encounters, a podcast about the harrowing stories of humans' attempt at survival in the face of Mother Nature. Every episode, I sit my friends down and recount tales of the dramatic, horrendous, and sometimes downright bizarre, where humans are put to their absolute limits in the outdoors, and whether they will come out dead or alive is always uncertain. We're best friends and your hosts, a psychology student, a musician, and an ecology student. Join us as new episodes are released the first Friday of the month on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you find your podcasts. I'm your host and part-time Rocky Mountain cryptid, Ambria, pronouns they, them, or she, her. I am here with sourdough starter, Axel, pronouns they, them, or he, him, as well as Adonis, pronouns they, them, played by amazing actor Adonis. (laughs) (laughs) How are we doing? (laughs) I just love that I'm my own actor. (laughs) I have several intros planned. I have to keep adding up like descriptors for everybody. So if you have descriptors that you'd like to, please send them through. Anywho, we're back. Episode two. We just finished. This is literally two minutes after episode one. So we're delirious. <laughs> <laughs> we're warmed up and ready. I love delirious. Um. This is not, we are not giving fanfare to other things outside this podcast. <laughs> this is our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so today's episode is kangaroo court adonis chose the animal for today which was kangaroos do you want to explain why you chose kangaroos okay so long story short there was a dude walking around the mall that i worked at carrying a little baby joey in a blankie and all the managers at my job were just like going gaga over this little baby <laughs> Yeah, you sent me that photo and I just, I think I had five years taken off of my life. I just, I didn't understand. (laughs) I think it was a wallaby. I think it was a wallaby joey in there. It could be a kangaroo because part of my research, they're legal to own here in Colorado, which sure, I guess. But I don't know, like the, I'll post the photo on my social media and see if there's any marsupial folks that can clarify to me what species it is. It's cute. I just don't like that it's in a little blanket being walked around a mall. <laughs> yeah, apparently there were three other people that were with that person. So they were just carrying around babies and their blankies. I hate my life every single day of my life. Like, you know how people, they're like, oh, this is my quarantine dog or cat. And I'm like, it's my quarantine hey, it's a little... kangaroo. Yeah, and I'm like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> To call somebody. You don't need to fucking get an animal. Yeah. Do we have any questions or anything before we get started with this story? It's much shorter and has significantly less cannibalism than the last one. Oh, I was just actually going to ask about cannibalism. No, there's no cannibalism in this one. We won't do any cannibalism, probably, for a whole several episodes. Okay, what do kangaroos eat? Glad you asked, Axel. Mainly because uh, I have a comparison for them in my notes. I want you to think of kangaroos like elk for the duration of this episode. That is my best comparison for like Australian fauna to North American fauna is that they're the species that we're focusing on particularly are Eastern gray kangaroos. And uh, per my notes, I'll scroll down now. Um, These guys really like forest and shrubland areas for the most part. So grasses and all that sort of fun stuff. So our story begins Sunday, October 27, 1996. 13-year-old Stephen Shorten and his best mate Jason 
are out enjoying a beautiful day in New South Wales, North Coast, Australia. The boys have decided on playing a quick round of golf at the local Grafton District Golf Course to round out a good day. On their way, though, on their way through the course, Stephen's shot goes wayward and disappears off the green, out of sight and away, out of sight of the two teens, basically. So from what he's described, and I've seen where this attack has happened, it is all like typical golf course. And then there are patches of it that are just like more thick shrub and trees and like very tall grass. And that's where it was shot out into. Steven and Jason start their search and are carefully combing through the long grass and trees surrounding the course. And at one point, the two of them separate to widen the search. Steven goes off a little further into the grass while Jason goes off in the other direction. But the lost ball is just nowhere to be seen. So Steven's pretty close to giving up when he hears this like low growling noise starting up behind him. And he turns around sort of like horror movie fashion to see slowly standing up this like large male kangaroo who's very obviously pissed off and is just looking right at Steven the entire time. So, you know, oh God. <laughs> like most people would in this situation, he tries to run. Uh, the kid attempts to go, but the kangaroo is already on him and knocks him over. Steven is quick on his feet and thinking, and he gets up and he tries again to run. He this time is able to make it further back onto the golf course and out of the denser brush before the animal is on him again. It places a pretty firm kick to his back and he just goes down onto the oh. ground. I think he was on, I think when he rolls over is when it gets onto him because he, I mean, he just talks about basically it kicking and clawing and biting and stomping him while he's crying out for help. And, you know, his friend tries to do what he can, but like they're 13, like these are just little kids. Um, I don't know why we have two 13 and 14 year olds like back to back in stories. I don't usually do stories with kids in them, but... (laughs) Luckily for Stephen, though, eventually an older man is not too far away, and he hears Stephen and runs to the scene. The golfer raises his club up and strikes the kangaroo once, and then twice, and then three times on the head before the kangaroo just kind of looks at him and then just leaves. <laughs> well, I he was going to go back to, like, stomping on the yeah, scene. <laughs> no, he just gets up and leaves. Like, that's just enough to get him off. But it doesn't seem like Stephen talked about it. It doesn't seem like it phased the kangaroo. Like, it didn't seem like it hurt him. He just seemed very annoyed and left. (laughs) So the attack itself probably lasted less than a minute or two, like no more than that. But Stephen's cheekbone is broken. He has a one and a half inch cut into his cheek. His tear duct is damaged completely. And it takes four surgeries to repair the damage to his eye that he can't open for about a year. And he has an artificial tear duct put in. He says... Well, also, he's covered in a patchwork of bruises and scratches that require stitching, but it's mainly the face stuff that he has the most severe wounding for. Despite all of this, he says that the physical wounds are not the ones that stuck with him. It's the emotional ones. It's a lot of nightmares that he had afterwards and a lot of bullying that he had afterwards. (sighs) Yeah. 13's, like, not a good time to be anything, let alone attacked (laughs) by an animal. (laughs) That brutalizes your face. (laughs) Um, As an adult, though, what I have been able to find of him, which is not really a lot since this incident has happened, but the few things I have been able to find about him is that he's a happier guy now. He's married, has a kid. His fear of kangaroos has subsided over the years. He was still pretty wary of them for a while, which totally understandable. (laughs) 
Now, two years after the incident, his father filed a lawsuit against the golf course for about $456,000 on account of negligence on the golf course's part for not having any signs anywhere about the presence of kangaroos or any of the danger that might come with it. And initially, the case is just dismissed by the local courts, but they appeal it and it actually goes up to their Supreme Court in Australia. And in the end, the family is awarded an undetermined amount. The last I had heard of this case in terms of like paper trail is that the judge was attempting to determine the amount after hearing from four other witnesses because apparently there had been four other attacks at that golf course. Whoa. (laughs) Oh my God. So (laughs) anywho, I do know that they have put signs out now, like to say that there are rooms in the area and that they may be aggressive to note, like they not, they are not usually aggressive animals. Like, like I said, they're like elk in a way for us, like elk are not typically aggressive animals but in that likeness, they can be territorial if it's a male defending his territory. And so in this case, it's believed that Stephen may have crossed paths with a male eastern kangaroo or eastern gray kangaroo. And it perceived him as a threat. And it was just defending his harem yeah. from Stephen. Which, again, kid had no idea. Kid's not at fault, really, for this, in my opinion. This is one of those cases where, like... Unlike our last episode, this was not a preemptive, like, like attack or whatever. Like, Stephen didn't agitate him. He was just looking for his golf club. I don't blame Stephen in any capacity for this attack. It was just a freak, you know, wrong place, wrong time accident. <sighs> yeah. Also, damn, that golf course. It took four attacks. <laughs> and I couldn't even, I couldn't even yeah. tell if those were after or before Stephen. Yeah. Oh, geez. But in general, like, yeah, it's... I would say it is... In some way, because you and I have talked about this before, where there was a golfer at a course that my grandparents were eating at, where they had closed it because a golfer had been gored by an elk. Like, it split his kidney in half and, like, left a five-inch gash in him. And, like, they're not usually aggressive. Like, they're like pigeons in Estes Park. (laughs) There are so many elk everywhere. We see them on the golf courses all the time. But it's also, like, it has all the food and... There's no predators. It's perfect for them. And I understand that sometimes they can get territorial. So I don't know. I think that like just for like lawsuit measures, maybe you should put some signs up that uh, <laughs> leave them alone. Yeah. Like... <laughs> so <sighs> before we stop with the story, I do have like one other one real fast that I want to share. I found this in my research for other kangaroo stories. Uh, a PhD student at the time after these attacks, I should note, He's a real scientist now. I looked him up. He has like a LinkedIn profile and everything. Like he's a real scientist now. But at the time he was a PhD student and he was spurred into doing research on what was causing an increase in attacks. Shorten's attack, Stephen Shorten's attack in particular was one of two that spurred him to do this research because two children had been attacked in similar areas in, you know, a similar time frame. And so for him, he's like, this is weird because, you know, this isn't a species that's usually more placid what's causing an increase in these interactions. So I was reading through some of the stories he recorded. It's like a list of like Queensland, Australia, 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 (laughs) Netherlands. What? Yes. (laughs) So there's a story from the Netherlands and I tried to look up news articles to confirm this. I didn't, but I'm just going to, for the sake of today, choose to believe this happened because it doesn't hurt anybody if it didn't. 
Okay. Except for a random kangaroo. Don't worry. <laughs> Kangaroo's fine, I think. In the Netherlands, a man was found unconscious next to his moped by police officers. When the man regained consciousness, he told the police a kangaroo had unexpectedly crossed paths with him, and he collided with it and was knocked off of his moped. So he was subsequently taken to a police station for a blood alcohol test, because this is like one of the few times, like, ACAB, fuck them. This is one of the few times where I'm like, yeah... If I was in the Netherlands and I was a law enforcement officer and some guy started spouting that I hit a kangaroo while driving, I'd also maybe want to get that guy kind of checked out. Yeah. Not that I don't want to believe him and call him, you know, uh, dumb or whatever. I just am like, are you, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, his test came back negative. And not much later, a report came in that a traveling circus nearby was missing a kangaroo. So the man was released from custody with an apology. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I, I was looking through in my research. I just, I don't know what I would do if I was a man on a moped and the kangaroo jumped out at me in the Netherlands. Yeah, that's... I'm prepared for so other, so many other animals. The oh, well, kangaroo really was angry. Wait, oh also what... Okay, do... When I think of circus animals, kangaroo? Like, I, what? I would imagine it's like one of those like petting zoo animals. Oh. Like some circuses, like think of like a county fair almost set up. Yeah. That's fair, I guess, but. It's not like Ringling Brothers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or I guess, yeah. It's just a very strange animal to have, but. Uh, yeah. And I circus. Think it's weird to have them as pets, but here we are. <laughs> So I just have a couple of kangaroo stats specifically to Eastern gray kangaroos since this is what we're talking about. Their Latin name is Macropus giganteus, which just means big footed, which is pretty apt <laughs> for their name. Uh, they have powerful hind legs, long feet, and a big muscular tail that uh, make kangaroos excellent jumpers. In fact, in a single bound, if they want to, these guys can clear like 30 feet and they can hit like 40 miles an hour when they get hopping in the open grasslands. Like they can just get going. So what's cool actually is that the legs of kangaroos are designed in a way that they lose, they use less energy the faster they go and the faster they go, the more they can clear. So that 30 feet they can get when they're going like really fast. So it's like a really cool like locomotion thing. Yeah. It doesn't work when they're walking. I don't know if you've ever just seen them like hunched oh, over yeah. <laughs> walking. <laughs> <laughs> So I saw varying lengths, but not including the tail, the male gray kangaroos can get up to six feet and weigh about 200 pounds. So, you know, it's a pretty big animal, especially if you're like 13, like Stephen yeah. was, which also makes sense of why it considered him a threat. Like it was probably similar in size to it at that point. Uh, Eastern gray kangaroos eat grasses and herbs and shrubs. The food is well chewed before it's swallowed and digested, and they mainly feed an area where grasses are most plentiful, which... Yeah, golf courses are going to be <laughs> prime location. They're also a social species, like the whales that we talked about last time, kangaroos, but they live in things called mobs, which are small groups. There's usually <laughs> a dominant male, two females, and they're young, and then sometimes two to three younger males in that group. They spend most of their day in the shade, and then they move out at dusk and feeding until dawn. And what's interesting is that two different reports came out with this attack. One said it was an afternoon, and one said it was the evening, which, I mean, makes sense for why it was more active. Yeah. If it was when they're coming out to feed, he may have also disrupted it when it was feeding and he was just not having it. <laughs> yeah. That's true because they wanted to end the day doing something. They some wanted golf. to do, yeah. do something. So 
these guys can breed throughout the year, but most births occur in the summer or in response to a favorable season. Joeys are born 36 days after conception. They're about the size of a jelly bean when they're born. Yeah, so do we know the do we know the significance of marsupials in comparison to mammals? What's the big difference? They got that pouch. They got that pouch. Do we have marsupials here in America? We do. It's the possum. The American opossum. Which really? yes, yeah. opossums have little pouches. They have little babies that get So marsupials, my fun fact about them is that this isn't the fun fact for later, but in general, is that I'm pretty sure marsupials originated in South America. Yeah. Like, they were a South American species that spread out. Yeah, there was a PBS Eons episode about it in uh, Pangea. <laughs> That's where they first started. So, yeah, we have, oh, so there's a difference. We have opossums, which is an O, the Virginia opossum, and then Australia has possums with just a P, and they look very different. Uh, I'll look up an Australian possum. I like Virginia opossums. I think that they are cute little trash man. But I also am upset that we didn't get the Australian possum because, like, oh. yeah, that's not fair. Look at him. <laughs> oh, it kind of looks like a chinchilla. Yeah, they're kind of cute, like squirrely in a way. Yeah. No. It's... But anywho. Yeah. What were you guys saying? I, I used to not like opossums because their hands kind of freaked me out. It's yeah, like they have little gloves. Yeah, they have little gloves. <laughs> like, what are those? I love them. So yeah, what's weird about they're more like a what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say basal mammal because it's not true, but like they're monotremes or marsupials. There's marsupials and then there's monotremes. Monotremes are platypi and echidnas. But like marsupials are the way that their reproductive system works, like they are technically mammals. It's just a more primitive way of going about it. I don't want to even say that because I don't want to imply that like they're a like primitive species. Like they've evolved and you know. Yeah, adapted. I guess like what makes them a little different than like other mammals. So all of our gestation happens inside. Like they're born like this tiny, and then they like grow slowly. Oh, okay. So like they'll be born and then they slowly crawl their way to the nipple, which. Yeah. Gross fact about kangaroo nipples, those things come out of the pouch, and they will oh. take them out of the pouch. <laughs> Extendy straws. Yeah. Oh. Literally, yes. So the joeys remain, they in, they crawl into the mother's pouch to suckle, and they stay there until they're nine months. Wow. So, like, they're like preemies, basically. They're born, and they form outside, which is why that pouch is super useful. So it's just a little different. Like, it's a little different how they yeah. do things. And then the monotremes lay eggs. They're just a whole other thing. (laughs) Right. And then the joeys will stay with their mother for approximately 18 months after leaving the pouch. And what's weird is that, like, females can have a joey in, like, they can have a second one in their pouch while they're still caring for another one. So they breed. They are prolific little guys. (laughs) They are fecund. (laughs) (laughs) So these guys can live anywhere between 10 and 20 years, depending on if they're in the wild or in captivity. The longer... Age ones are typically in captivity, where you just don't have, like, predators and disease and cars hitting you. Uh, their main predators are dingoes, humans, wedge-tailed eagles, which, spoiler alert for many seasons in the future, we're gonna do an eagle episode. I have bird attacks. And before their extermination, Tasmanian tigers were also their main predator. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Tazzies. Tazzy tigers are cool. 
The eastern gray kangaroo is protected by law. So for thousands of years, uh, indigenous folks have hunted, the aboriginals have hunted kangaroos for food and skin. Like, yeah, it's just endemic to their culture. When Europeans arrived and colonized in the 18th century, they also hunted kangaroo, but in much more prolific, unsustainable amounts. So there are now rules in place in all the Australian states and territories to protect kangaroos. The eastern gray kangaroo is among four abundant species that can be commercially harvested for export, but this can only be done with licensed hunters. None of the four species are threatened or endangered, and kangaroo meat is actually being looked to as an alternative source of meat to beef in Australia. The soft feet of kangaroos are just more preferable to hard hooves in yeah. like erosion areas, which makes sense. I mean, like, why not use the native species that co-evolve right. with the environment? Adonis, but, didn't you have? Didn't you try actually, kangaroo? Yeah, I was thinking about that. It was actually really good. It, probably, like, came, it probably would have come from a farm. Yeah, I don't want to say that's what your little ba- your friend was being raised <laughs> for, but. Uh, <laughs> That may be one of the reasons why we have kangaroos <laughs> as a legal species here. Because I always wondered that, because that's a food truck that came through. I was always like, how the fuck are they selling kangaroo meat? Well, I don't think it was on, like, campus. Oh. It was at um, you, yeah, the Art Week or something. Yeah, because it was, uh, like, the Santa, the Santa Fe Art Rock yes. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't there, but I remember you told me about it, like, the next day. <laughs> I was like, What? That's so wild to me. How was the meat, like, compared? Like, because it's yeah. a burger, right? Mm-hmm. It was... It, it was really juicy. Um, <laughs> good meat, okay. It was really good meat. Really seasoned well. Um, I don't... Like, the dude was like, I barely seasoned it. Which was like... It was if it was that good, like not much seasoned, that was pretty good and impressive nice. to me. Nice. I wonder, yeah, if it tasted, like, kind of gamey or... Um, like more similar to like kind of ground beef in terms of flavor. I think it's kind of like more gamey. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Add that to a list of things that we gotta try: jackalope sausages <laughs> and kangaroo burgers. So the last few things I do have is even though they're not endangered, there are ways to protect kangaroo habitat. You can help by improving native vegetation on your property. Kangaroos need trees for shelter and for resting. Be aware of road signs indicating roos in the area and slow down, especially since roos may be feeding along the road, especially at dawn and dusk. If you do see kangaroos or other wildlife when driving, just be careful. Give them plenty of space and time and space. Give them plenty of time and space to move off of the road. Don't like honk your horn or try and speed up or push them like they'll move on their own time. If you have your dog, control your dog. That is like going to be one of the most said things on this podcast besides don't feed and pet the animals is don't let your dog off leash. Yeah, listen, I have some really horrible stories that can happen. Dogs can harass and injure kangaroos and other wildlife. And I also read a story about a kangaroo who drowned a dog in front of its owner. So like, oh my God, I don't, I don't fuck around with that. They are one of the most abundant macropods in Australia. So in areas where they are overabundant because of access to food, permanent water sources, and lack of, uh... oh, sorry. In some areas, they can become overabundant because access to food, permanent water, and lack of predators, like golf courses. In these overpopulated areas, kangaroos can cause damage to farmland, property, and habitat. They can show aggression towards people, and they can suffer starvation from overgrazing. So, you know, just keeping this in mind that, like, restoring and preserving the habitat there is super important, not only for the animals, but also decreasing wildlife conflict with humans. You don't want kangaroos in your yard? 
make sure that there's better places for them to go than your yard then. Like, <laughs> uh, my, like, fun fact about this that I didn't know going into this, kangaroos and emus are on the Australia coat of arms. Like, they're the two animals on the coat of arms. And it's thought that they were chosen because these are two Australian animals that cannot move backwards. So the coat of arms therefore symbolizes a, quote, nation moving forward. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Not by choice. No, I know. Yeah, moving forward. <laughs> so in general, if you want to avoid a kangaroo attack, like with most animals, giving them space is kind of the critical key here. They're wild animals, and it's important that even though they may not look dangerous as like a bear or a tiger, they can still injure you and possibly even kill you. So just give them a wide berth, and for the love of God, just don't feed them. Habituation kills. It really, really does. And I'll have plenty of episodes more to talk about that. But, you know, when you start feeding an animal, that's when they start losing their fear of people. And that's when they feel more comfortable roughhousing with us. And we don't want to be roughhousing with six-foot-tall, 200-pound animals. <laughs> so that's my story. Uh, in stats, are there any memorable ruse or anything like that from your... <laughs> childhood or whatever you want to give a shout out to god damn it <laughs> well, just, i didn't even i, mean, I didn't even Adonis, think it. i see your face <laughs> i was just gonna give a big shout out to mama kanga from uh winnie the pooh um you know a real one uh, why are you guys like this <laughs> i'm just because we know what we did last night and we know what kanga means to you and i heard what you said before i just think she's neat She's a good mom, yeah. Yeah, she is a good mom. I love when Disney doesn't kill him off. Yeah. And Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Uh, It's probably someone's dark fanfic out there. Nope, bye-bye. Go ahead. Let's go. I'm not going down this rabbit hole again. (laughs) I mean, okay, I got two memorable ones. Of course, Kangaroo Jack. He's a bad story. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Like, I can't believe you remember. I just remember the basic premise of it, which is a funny premise, but... Yeah, it's... I don't know if I'd ever watch it again. But Not like, sober. Like that hallucination scene where they're like in the desert and they have this like... I sent it to our group chat. <laughs> it's Kangaroo Jack and like he's fucking... And it's like a live action kangaroo, so it looks just uh, uncanny valley in general. But aside from that, the other one, I mean, you know me, I'm a big Pokemon fan, Kangaskhan. Kanga, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I forgot about her. Yeah, her mega evolution's kind of weird. I haven't seen her. It's pretty weird. Yeah, Yeah, like it doesn't look that different, but its baby comes out of the pouch. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Oh, what is that? No, get him back in there. <laughs> yeah. Put that thing back or so. I don't even think during like the battle animations it like does anything, it, right? Well, okay, it's What's part of funny it's... is like it's not even okay, not to critique it, but her design does not change at all. Yeah, no. It's just the baby pops out. Like you like can it just does... make that a whole evolution. It gets a cool like ability. So the baby actually does something. It basically like attacks the enemy again. So okay. you get kind of like two attacks essentially. The baby, you know, is weaker because it's a baby. The but baby. like it, you know, it it helps. <laughs> it's like kind of creepy looking. I just don't like this. I didn't even. I've just never seen the baby outside of the pouch before, and this is the most cursed fucking thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. But no. Also, yeah. No. That was the... the baby from the original mm-hmm. episodes. Yep. Oh baby, yeah. Baby. 
okay, I'm done. Sorry. He's <laughs> cute. Uh, my favorite one is while I was doing research for this episode, I learned that one's currently loose in Denmark in the countryside. And they're like, yeah, he's been here for like eight years now. <laughs> just, I, so anyway that's my favorite Rue because he's just apparently been on the run from the cops for eight years and you know let him be free if he loves I don't think he should be there because it's way too cold for him but <laughs> <laughs> those are my favorites do we have any lessons that we've learned here for today um maybe we shouldn't go adventuring into the tall grass without an adult yeah Pokemon taught me that too yeah <laughs> I don't know I don't really like golf courses for one also put up a fucking sign. Please. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine like not that, it, not that it's the same, but could you imagine if golf courses in Florida just didn't have fucking alligator signs? Just a fucking free for all. Uh, that kind of just also like the golf course thing with like what was it the coyote in Westminster? Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. We drove by that coyote watching that dude oh, yeah. like go through the course. That guy was chilled the fuck oh out. He has little cross, his little paws crossed and everything. He's like, this is a nice morning. He's ready to golf clap for the dude. Yep. <laughs> uh, my lesson is, yeah, fuck golf courses for so many reasons. They're invasive. They're awful. I hate the sport. Go support your local putt putt course instead. It's fake grass. There's no kangaroos there, <laughs> and uh, there's more fun uh, decorations. Very true. <laughs> oh God. We have any other last things? No. Don't get jumped by kangaroos. Yeah. Well, we'll be back next episode. We'll, <laughs> we're staying down under. We're going to be talking about another famous Australian animal. Oh. Yeah, you can take a guess. Um, a Tasmanian devil? I wish. If, if people have Tasmanian devil stories, please do. I want an excuse to have that little stuffed animal I have at the table with us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Man, a wombat. A kookaburra. You guys are going for like... <laughs> Koalas. You guys are going for like the non... No, we're, talking, we're doing croc talk next. We're talking oh, about yeah. crocs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about crocs. We're going to go salty talk. Yeah. I'm excited. Anywho, see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.